Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I am Brian Hefty live in the Morton studio. Today, it's Farmer Friday. We would love to hear from you all throughout the show. Our phone lines will be open. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, so Farmer Friday, it's a happy day on our farm. We're just finishing up planting soybeans today, so that is always fun. I will say this too, um, we've got a little bit of corn left to plant, but... Our conditions are dry right now. And when you look on the National Drought Monitor map, you'll say, whoa, you guys are in a moderate drought area. Yeah, we were actually in the extreme drought area for a little while. Got a few spring rains, but Darren and I were just out in the field this morning and uh, doing a little bit of filming. And he said, boy, we could sure use rain. I'm like, Darren, let's just finish planting like Tuesday and then let's have some rain. But whatever, we don't get to control that. We don't have irrigation on our farm or anything. But uh, really looking forward to this growing season. We've actually started selling some of our our new crop corn for for 2021 here. But you look at these crop prices. We raise corn and soybeans primarily. And every day right now should be a little bit of a celebration. And I realize as farmers, we all have our struggles, difficulties. I mean, on our farm, for example, the last three years, they've been pretty tough. I mean, we've had some really rotten weather conditions. Crop prices haven't been real good. But boy, things have sure turned around now this year. So getting the crop in very timely. Got all our pre-emerge herbicides on for the most part, other than we got some bean work to do yet. But I mean, we're, we're just really excited. And I hope you can hear that from us. But you know what? I guess we're just big believers in staying positive all the time. So even over the last three years, we were trying to be as positive as we possibly could, but uh, we have even more things to be happy about right now. Anyway, again, if you would like to give us a call here, uh, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. But right now, we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, so the first question comes from Lyndon up in Saskatchewan. He says, uh, Brian and Darren just got a question on applying quick roots to wheat seed. Because it's a biological product, what's the time allowed from applying it on the seed grain and getting it into the soil? Can it sit in a truck or a big seed cart like a lot of farmers have for eight hours before planting it? Or can we put it in liquid fertilizer and apply it that way? Uh, By the way, thanks for keeping us informed and trying to improve our operation. And I also like the brotherly jabs that you guys do. Thanks for answering my question. Well, thanks a lot for the question, Lyndon. I appreciate that. And in in terms of the brotherly jabs, I'll say this. Every once in a while, you know, Darren will give me a hard time. I'll give him a hard time, Uh, whether it's TV, radio, whatever. So just so you understand, um, Darren and I get along fantastically well, in part because we're really different. Darren loves to be out in the field. He's uh, a fantastic field agronomist. He can identify way more weeds than I can. He knows seed genetics way better than I do. And then I do a lot more of the paperwork side of things. And so if you want to ask me some question about some herbicide from 30 years ago, that's usually my area of expertise. Whether it's new, new product, old product, whatever it is, it's all these things where um, when you got to have a chem recommendation, that's generally where I'm going to step in. Uh, but anyway, so to answer this question specifically, I will just tell you quick roots is a little bit different. What it is, is it's a beneficial fungi and a beneficial bacteria. And with those, they are dormant. 
because they are dormant. You don't have to worry like you do with bacteria that would be uh, uh, rhizobia bacteria as an inoculant, for example. So with inoculant, that is live, and it is live right now today until you kill it. <laughs> so you don't want to kill it. you got to keep it alive, and that's, I'm sure, where this question is coming from because a lot of people end up storing inoculant improperly, get it too hot, um, or they put it on the seed way in advance of planting. With quick roots, you don't have to worry about it. You could put that on the wheat seed in the fall if you wanted to and plant it in the spring. That would be just fine. Now, in terms of putting it with liquid fertilizer, no, it's not really designed for that. Quick roots is to be right on or right next to the seed. So not really in liquid fertilizer form or, or putting it into liquid fertilizer. It's going to spread it out a lot more that way and you're not going to get the same results. All right, great question though. Okay, next one here. This one uh, comes from John over in Minnesota and he said, hey, I'm thinking about seed for next year. So I have heard that seed corn could be up as much as 20%. What do you think about that, first of all? And what do you think about me holding on to some corn over the summer to plant next year simply because I think I can get a better buy now than I would be able to next year? All right, so John, first of all, if seed corn goes up 20%, that would be like, 40 or $50 a bag. And I got I to gotta be honest with you, I'd be absolutely shocked if that happens. I do not see that happening. I think $10 is very realistic, maybe 15 But, you know, sure, if, it, if you were really worried it was going to go up 40 or 50 bucks, then I get it. And you might want to buy some now. But here are the risks with that. So number one, no dealer is going to take it back next year after you held it over this year. Number two, if you don't keep it cool over the summer, there's a chance the germination percentage could fall. And even if you do keep it cool, that seed's another year older and the germ could fall. And especially the cold germination percentage, that could fall even more. So if you like to plant early, eh, I, I, I guess I would be a little bit worried about that. And then beyond that, is it really the variety that you want to plant next year? Because who knows, maybe that variety for you this year on your farm will not turn out that great and you'll go, yeah, I don't know, there's a lot better stuff coming out, maybe I'll plant that instead. So there's a lot of risk with that. And again, I just don't think the seed corn price is going to go up as much as you do. All right, and I'll sneak one more in here. This one comes from uh, Jeremy. He says, hey, I've got this product. Uh, it's like a seed graphite thing, and it's a bunch of micronutrients. Uh, what do you think about that in terms of effectiveness and being on the seed? Do you think that helped my yield in corn? Look, I get really concerned about putting any seed treatment nutrients on. So when you put nutrients, fertilizer, on the seed, I just get worried about toxicity. We've seen a lot of germination issues. So if you're going to try some, just try it on a small scale and go from there. Well, stay tuned. It's Farmer Friday. We'll be right back. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. 
Mycoapply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about Mycoapply Indoprime SC at indoprimecorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. Introducing Extend Flex Soybeans. Elite genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. back to Ag PhD Radio. I am Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today it is Farmer Friday. If you want to call in, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's what David did from down in Kentucky. David, how are you today? Super. Better than a week ago. We had uh, four inches of snow last Wednesday. <laughs> did that make we're, not, you... we're not South Dakota. <laughs> did that make you nervous at all, David? No, it... You know, last year I planted a bunch of corn really early, and we got a real hard frost in May, and it it hurt it pretty bad. Yep. And uh, I'd listen to some of you, some of your all's guys are on different times, and uh, we just been planting beans a little bit earlier and kind of kind of sitting on the corn a little bit. Yeah. Wait till the conditions are, and I've we go anywhere from 115 to 100 and three-day corn yep and i've actually i know people they hear kentucky i've had 106 day corn be some of my best sure it's it just it's like it kind of i mean if i could plant all may 15th i would but really that, that late for corn and you, and you still are able to get really good yield yes yes wow yes. yeah because for us it it, it yeah, we're way further north, and it is not that way here. Our best yield, I'd say, is around, uh, you know, very late April, maybe let's call it the 27th day of April. Well, you know, now this is, I'm not western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, that's probably true, but I don't know where I'm at, the way our weather hits, the sure. corn. And now it, sometimes it'll, I mean, we'll be cutting, I mean, it'll be 25%, but if you can handle some of the wetter corn. Yeah. I've I've got to where I'd like to see the beans hit the summer solstice when they're big. Sure. Yeah, we're we are all in favor of planting soybeans pretty early. I just get concerned uh, delaying corn planting a lot because and and it might be different in your area, but for us, 
we get a little don't bit mean. of rain and we we we're out for a week and and then it starts getting to be I don't I'm with you. I don't I don't mind, you know, the mid-May stuff. It's just very often for us all of a sudden mid-May becomes late May and you're like, "Uh-oh, <laughs> we're really sitting here no, waiting my, now." My, my magic button. My magic <laughs> button would be May 5th. Right. If I could put it all that day. Now we we start earlier than we should. Yeah. And we plant half May 15th and then we have what you just said. Then we're Oh boy, it's June third. It's June fourth. Yep. What I did this year, David, is I had our our guys on the farm get started planting corn on April twelfth, and I said, guys, here's the deal: do not work past six p.m. and don't start super early. <laughs> Just get a little bit done every day, and it's literally like the first day. And you know, I was just about to go to bed that night. And I thought our guys were gone hours ago, and it's like ten o'clock, and I see one of the guys driving past in the tractor with the planter. I'm like, hey, what are we doing here? I don't want to put that much in. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly with you. I don't want to get too crazy on the early side but we at least like to get like getting started early to make sure everything runs well that's that's what i do i mean i hate that it's my my dad said to me last week he's like you act like we've never done this before (laughs) in every spring i've i mean i i bang my head i'm not trying to argue with everybody but i all i do is run around making sure everything is organized yeah Seeds where it needs to be, the, the right seed, everything set where it's supposed to be, the population. I've got operators, I mean, a couple of guys that help me, but my dad's not. He's not going to climb in. He's 75, and he's not going to oh. climb in out of the tractor <laughs> yep. 50 times. Yep. He does a great job. Perfect. But it has to be, <laughs> he'll tell me, <laughs> you got to make changes. I'm going to have a sandwich. Tell me when it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. All right. Well, hey, uh, David, I want to thank you a lot for calling in today. Best of luck as you keep moving through the planting season here, and hopefully uh, 2021 turns out great. Would you pass something on to your brother? Sure. Make sure, and, and you too, you guys, it was one of Darren's ag minutes. Yep. He was talking about tile, how yep. well, how good it is for the ground. Yeah. And I actually had a buddy of mine listen to it. It was kind of skeptical about draining wetlands and stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's not a wetland. That's a cornfield. Right. Anyway, I, I've got him to listen to how Darren explained it. And it's, it's such a good advocate to, I can't explain it the way you guys do. You guys do such a good job explaining what we do to people. Cause we have commercials around here now about lawsuits for glyphosate. Now they're on the Gramoxo. Yep. And it's it's pretty it's unnerving when you have a bad day and you hear that on the TV. Yep, I agree with you. There's so much negative stuff out there all the time. I've said for years and years and years, hey, don't watch the TV news. Don't pay attention to a lot of the things going on. And preferably, I'd suggest even staying off social media because there's it's yeah. mostly negative. And then you get that perception. And you know the way I look at it, and what I I tell my wife all this all the time, this too. I'm like, look, I don't want to watch that stuff because I've already got enough challenges dealing with what everything we have to on the farm and in agronomy i don't need any more headaches so i don't want to listen to all that stuff i want positive things put out there so anyway uh thanks for the kind words david without out being hot under the collar because that's what it makes me so thank you all again (laughs) for everything you guys do for the farmers you guys are a wonderful voice thank you again awesome yep thanks appreciate talking to you you too all right let's go next down to the state of iowa got ryan on with us hey ryan how's it going today oh pretty good excellent so how's planting coming on your farm 
Uh, hopefully get done with corn today. Awesome. Uh, and moving on to beans then, or what? Yeah. Yep. Might take a might take a day or two off and just uh, kind of catch catch up with some stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was literally just talking to our guys about we might shut a planter down tomorrow and do some spraying because it looks like a good spraying day. And I, I, how is it in your area? We're pretty dry here, so I'm not worried that we're going to get kicked out of the field by a whole bunch of rain. Uh, we're really dry. We could use a rain. Yeah, yep, yep. So are you able to hit moisture with this corn that you're planting? We hope so. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's probably, it's, you know, it's probably the hilltops and stuff. Uh, I'm trying to follow the, the soil finishers as close as we can. Yeah. Usually in most years, you let it dry out a little bit uh, after you work it, but now we're trying to be right behind them. So it's uh, so there's hopefully some moisture there. And planting a little deeper than we usually do. So How deep are you going? Uh, a little over two and a half. Yeah. Yep, that's what we had to do on our farm too. I, I, I don't love doing that, but it's more important to hit moisture than it is to stay a little bit more shallow. So, yes. yep. so uh, what are you doing in terms of like pre-emerge herbicides and all that kind of thing? Did you do that in advance of your corn planting? Are you doing that after planting? When do you do it? Uh, everything is pre-plant incorporated. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep, that's uh, pretty much what we did for everything this year as well. So I'm glad we did, just so we had a little more chance to catch some of the moisture. Because, yeah, it, it I, I mean, our, our soil was pretty dry to begin with. We did luck out and get a couple of rains a little bit earlier on. So uh, as you go to beans here, anything new and different you're doing in soybeans? Uh, not not uh, anything different than we've done in the last couple of years. Uh, uh, all extended flex soybeans, going to not spray as much dicamba and use more liberty this year that we have okay um, now, now let me ask you the million dollar question do you already have your liberty on hand yes <laughs> good <laughs> i assume you've heard about the shortages that are out there <laughs> yes yep we already got it so. <laughs> good yeah i kind of worry about a few guys especially the guys that are just straight liberty i mean at least with extend flex you do have the option not that you necessarily want to do right. it of dicamba and roundup but uh, the guys that are straight Liberty, I'm going, guys, <laughs> make sure you get your Liberty and get two shots, please. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid yeah. that a lot of people are going to be running out soon. Uh, so I anything uh, any anything else happening on your farm right now? Not much. Just uh, hoping that we get catch a rain one of these days. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it'll come. All we need is a few timely rains, and we can still get a great crop, even with the dry start. You know, they, they do say uh, planting the dust and your bins will bust, so we got to hope for that, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. All right. Well, hey, Ryan, it's been great talking to you today. Really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you on your farm here. Sounds good. You too. Yep. Thanks. All right. Again, it's Farmer Friday. We want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open all throughout the show. The number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Yeah, planting progress is moving along pretty good. I think you're going to see some big numbers coming out this next week. Lots of acres getting in the ground right now. We'd like to talk about it with you. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Protect your empire. Rule your fields with dual modes of action. Low-use rate Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC combines Group 14 and Group 15 modes of action for pre-plant and pre-emergence control of key broadleaf weeds and grasses. A preventative application keeps your fields clean when it matters most to crop productivity. 
Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. This is Quick Dick McDick from Tufnell asking you, have you heard of Mandaco Land Rollers? They're the ones with the green paint, and I'm not talking about the green paint that requires a technician and a laptop to fix. I'm talking about the Mandaco green paint that doesn't need fixing because it's built tough. We're talking 5-8 thick, 42-inch diameter drums, people, and I've learned never to talk about size unless you can back it up when a measuring tape gets pulled out. So keep your seed and rocks in the ground where they belong and get yourself a roller at mandaco.com. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. When it comes to commanding herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. New Farm brings you Panther SC, an animal when it comes to speed of control and long residual on a broad spectrum of tough broadleaf weeds like mare's tail, palmer amaranth, and water hemp. And did we mention convenience? Panther SC works in pre-plant, pre-emerge, and post-harvest systems and keeps your rotation options open. New Farm and Panther SC, here to help. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. We're going to jump right back to the phone lines. Got Dave calling in from out in the state of Pennsylvania. Dave, how are things in Pennsylvania today? Uh, it's raining here today, Brian, but uh, pretty good spring so far. Good weather and stuff to start getting stuff ready for planting, so can't complain too much. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah we could use a little bit of that rain. So are, are you guys sitting, would you say, good in terms of moisture? Are you getting a little too much now, or where are you at? We're good. We just got an inch of rain yesterday, which was needed. Um, it was a really early spring for us. We were out uh, side dressing uh, triticale on St. Patrick's Day, which is unusual for us. Hmm. And now we're kind of sitting here. Um, it's a little colder today. Ground temperatures are kind of like 45. But uh, we don't usually start planting until the 1st of May. So we're kind of getting uh, anxious to get going out there. We've done some pre-spray already we still have some to finish and then we're going to go start planting soybeans oh okay so, yep so do you do any corn then too or you're just looking at soybeans yeah now? yep yeah we're we're a dairy too 
So we oh. milk 200 cows. So we do um, corn and our soybeans as our uh, cash crop. And we also raise uh, Holstein feeder steers too. So we've got a couple enterprises there we work with. And uh, uh, the corn mostly is for the cattle. Uh, sure. We market the beans 100%. We've, uh, we contract, I've, I've contracted a third of my crop ahead of time this year. I got them locked in at 1237 on new crop, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so on the corn, is that mostly silage then? 200 acres of silage and 200 acres of, uh, shelling corn. We put up high moisture corn. Um, we used to run harvester silos, blue silos, but we ag bag it now with a, with a grinder there. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you on the um, silage. Do you, do you have any good tips on silage? We're we're starting to raise a lot of silage for a dairy that's right next to us now. Mm-hmm. Well, the varieties are are the key there. You know, we we work with um, out here uh, seed consultants. They're out of Washington Courthouse in Ohio, uh-huh. and we've been with them for about ten years. And uh, we try to pick the, for us, it depends on what you're going into. The big thing for us is, is we like a long relative maturity yep. corn, 120 to 117. It depends what your storage is like bunkers. We like it a little bit on the wetter side there. Um, about a quarter, uh, quarter milk line, you sure. know, on the corn, uh, 70% moisture. Um, we, uh, we go through and side dress all of our corn um, with liquid N and sulfur, yep. um, and we do dry granular at the planter two by two, usually a 10-20-20 variety, and, uh, you know, uh, like this year here is the uh, second year we've done uh, deep tillage. We're going down about uh, 16 inches mm-hmm. and uh, doing that ground, and that really helps us out a lot with uh, tonnage, and we plant around here, we only go 32,000 plants per acre on silage. Sure. Have you, have you tried other populations? You just don't like the higher stuff or what? Well, we've, we've tried it. Uh, the highest we ever went was, uh, I think he bumped it up to 34 there and we were getting just not enough. I, I don't, we have a heavy clay ground, mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas here, you know, our soil profiles are all over the place and, uh, we just didn't feel that we had the, um, NEL, uh, levels we needed in the silage as far as net energy lactation that we wanted um that's like our shelling corn we cut it down not very much about the thirty thousand plants and you know 167 bushels out here is what we usually average on corn okay um, we like to get a little bit more we're gonna keep trying but that's that's pretty good for us out here sure you know? sure um but uh hey i had a, a question for you real quick while i was on the phone with yeah you. go ahead what stage um, the soy when you're post spraying this is going to be our first year using enlist beans and their liberty link as well mm-hmm. at what stage in them soybeans is it safe to spray the liberty and what they, you know when shouldn't you spray the liberty uh you can spray the liberty anytime so with liberty it's labeled all the way up to r1 so that's the late stage okay. in terms of spraying it early you can spray about any time you want um, and with enlist one so the 24d that's actually labeled later it's labeled to spray all the way to r2 but yeah so both liberty and enlist one the 24d they're not going to hurt those beans really at any stage so i'm not worried about okay. that part at all uh though now i i would tell you that one of our last callers we were talking about the use of liberty let me just ask you dave do you have your liberty already purchased 
No, I do not, actually. <laughs> okay. The only thing I have on the clock. Well, uh, the reason why I bring it up is there is a massive wor- or worldwide and especially nationwide shortage on glufosinate or Liberty. So if you don't have it bought and you really intend to use it, I would get it. Because uh, and and I wouldn't just uh, order it. I would actually take it because there are a lot of uh, dealers we know of that oh they get all kinds of orders on the books, but I don't think those orders are going to get honored. So anyway, uh, yeah, we got a major problem with that. There's a little problem with glyphosate Roundup this year, but a much bigger problem with Liberty. So, but anyway, yeah, anytime you want to yeah. spray, it's fine. Just the thing we always tell people with Liberty too is make sure you get really good spray coverage. It's way more important to get good spray coverage with that than it is the Enlist or Roundup or Dicamba, anything like that. Liberty's very sensitive that way. So ideally you want to have, you know, the plants pretty small, the weeds relatively small, get good coverage and it'll work great the only thing we've ever used liberty on our corn's been liberty uh liberty resistant for quite a few years sure. so uh, soybeans is going to be new yeah yep so. yep okay, okay. Well, that's great all right all right thanks dave all right hey thanks brian thanks for having me on you bet good talking to you bye thanks. all right let's go next out to montana i got tony calling in hey tony how are you today i'm good how are you excellent so what's happening on your farm right now uh, just finishing up yellow peas and uh, got a bunch of weed in the ground ready too. So I'll ready to start on canola with one drill and switch to weed out the other one. Nice. Um, hey, I just wanted to ask you about your uh, your website, your YouTube channel, the fastagmontana.com. So what, what what kind of stuff would I see on there today? Anything, uh, anything you got new on there right now? I don't know. We got a couple planting videos out. I guess shooting in our world, not planters, but uh, uh, yeah, just a little behind this time of year with the editing because uh, I'm a little busy in a tractor or running around. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, things are. We were cold, and the last two weeks we're finally in the field here. So uh, you said cold. Now, does that hold you up a whole lot? I mean, or are you willing to seed some of your 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 different crops? into cold soils i mean obviously they got to be dry and fit but but how do you feel about the cold temps yeah cold doesn't really affect us much um other than our inoculants a little touchy in the mornings sure we're trying to you know run our inoculant out at night and then keep it in the shop until we're ready to go to the field and it's bus freezing so that was really the only holdback so far and yesterday was the first day of spring in and we've got I don't know, 4,000 acres in the ground, 5,000 acres in the ground already, so the sprayer's going to have to do some catching up. But <laughs> nothing's really, because it's been so cold, nothing's uh, really started to germinate yet for weeds till the last few days. We're starting to see a few, you know, foxtail barley and a few buckwheats here and there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's not only that, but when that weather's cold, it doesn't do you a lot of good to spray anyway because you're not going to kill much when the weather's cold. So, yeah. No, exactly. Yep. So how is it like for wind in your area? I mean, we're in South Dakota, we get lots of wind, so it's it's tough to find really good spraying days. I assume you have to deal with that where you're at as well. Still there? Yep, yep. We lose you for a second there, Tony. Okay. Must have, yeah. Um, yeah, wind's a big battle for us. Uh today we're supposed to have gusts of fifty, so <laughs> which that's not that's not always that bad, but today <laughs> Of course, yesterday's the first day of spring, and then we got two days of wind. So maybe if we uh, the wind goes down enough tonight, we'll run the spring all night on uh, getting the rest of the peas covered. Yeah, uh, honestly, and sharpens. 
you know, get that down now, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's the reason why I ask. Cause about every time I go out to Montana, the wind's blowing like 35 miles an hour and guys go, Oh, this is actually a calm day for us. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, it was a perfect day yesterday for spring, but not today. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Hey, uh, Tony, great talking to you today. Best of luck to you here the rest of this spring. Yeah. Thank you. You guys too. Yep. Thanks. Again, if you want to check out some of what Tony's doing, his website is fastagmontana.com. Kind of interesting. Been on there a few times and uh, got some good videos on there. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get back to the phone lines and get back to your questions right after this on Ag PhD Radio. Weather or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy-to-tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Weed control without the BS. That's more time to apply without wasting time. That's flexible tank mixing that doesn't bend the truth. That's near zero volatility with unmovable principles. With the Enlist weed control system, there is no sacrificing. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. One question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. With powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, insulation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases the seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today... 
It's Farmer Friday. If you want to call into the show, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to jump back to the phone lines here before we get back into your questions. We've got Mark calling in from out in the state of New York. Hey, Mark, how are you today? Good. How about yourself? Doing great. So what's happening in your operation today? Well, um, there's quite a bit of moisture in uh, upstate New York and uh, particularly the western corner, which our farm is. We were very dry uh, February and March. Yeah. And the first part of April, there was uh, actually equipment moving, which Mm -hmm. is probably the earliest ever. Um, you know, new seedings and oats and uh, things of that nature. Yeah. And it looked looked real promising for a, a quick jump onto the season, but um, Mother Nature had other plans, and we've gotten uh, extremely wet here in the last couple of weeks, and everything's been parked since. So how long do you think it's going to be before you get back in the fields? Oh, 10 days, two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, I would say this time of, this time of year, uh, things don't move as quick as, you know, if it was June. Um, and uh, the forecast does not look good for the next uh, seven days going forward. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully the forecast will change for you and you're able to get in a little sooner than you think. But yeah, we've been there many, many years. It just, it's a little frustrating, but you know, a lot of times you get the opportunity to, uh, to get that crop in. So hopefully it all works out for you yet. So do, when you do get started, what's, what's the first thing you're going to be planting? Well, um, myself, um, we sold our corn planter a couple of years ago with a off the farm job uh, and beef cows that was enough for us so uh um I may try to get another new seeding in of of alfalfa sure but other than that I know um neighbors um I I seen some uh soybeans already been planted which is the first time ever in April in this area as far as I know and uh but uh, I think they're taking a little bit of a flyer on uh, going for a big yield. Yep. If if it does work out, I mean, uh, a week ago we had three inches of snow when that storm came through. I think it came right across the entire nation. So. Yeah, yep. Um, but that didn't last too long, but it certainly cooled the soils down and slowed everything down. So. Yeah, I think I think we had warmer soil temps at the beginning of April than we did at the end of April here as well. So, yep, we're we're dealing with a lot of that same weather as you, at least in terms of temperature. We just haven't gotten a whole lot of moisture. Got got a couple inches of rain back in in March, early part of April, but yeah, it's it's been a little while for us. So we're kind of hoping for a little rain here. So uh, I, we'd be happy to take the rest of that rain off your hands if you can send it this direction. You know, that'd be helpful. <laughs> That'd be a long drain tile. But... <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything else happening in your farm right now, Mark? No, just uh, getting ready to calve here. Um, gonna put the cows on pasture in another week. Sure. I, I believe, and uh, that's right around. The, I time that up with the calving window. Yep. So they're out on on clean pasture, and 
hopefully that all turns out well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, good luck with the calving. We know sometimes that can be a uh, uh, little bit of a headache, so hopefully this year it goes smooth for you and everything. And thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too. All right, let's get back to some of your questions here in the Ag PhD mailbag. This one comes in from Rick. He says, what's the best tillage tool to incorporate fertilizer? Well, look, Rick, I don't know that there is one tillage tool necessarily for all fertilizers. I guess the main question you kind of have to ask yourself is how deep do you want your fertilizer to be? We talk quite often here on the show about stratification of nutrients in the soil. And what we mean by that is where most of your immobile soil nutrients like P, K, zinc, copper, that kind of thing is in maybe the top two or three inches. Well, if it is something like that, then you would like to stir that ground a little bit more and or just get your fertilizer down below that zone where you don't currently have a lot of fertility. So if you're going to do something like that, it's going to take more than a field cultivator, for example. Maybe you want to go with a chisel plow. Maybe you want to go with a moldboard plow. Maybe you want a ripper, something like that. So it really depends. Whereas if, let's say, it's nitrogen, all you're really worried about is covering it. So you can run with something pretty shallow. You just want to get it down in the ground at least a little bit and get it covered. So I, I apologize. I don't have any real great answer for you in terms of, oh, absolutely always use this. But I, I would just say, hey, go back to thinking about, well, where do I really want my fertility and what type of tool would help get that fertility down to that point? All right, next one is from, uh, I guess I don't have a name here, but uh, the question came in, hey, if I have excess calcium and magnesium, would gypsum be an option despite it adding more calcium? <laughs> well, um, no, my suggestion probably would not be to uh, put more gypsum out there if you're already high in calcium. Now, gypsum is calcium sulfate. Um, in terms of the sulfur, and I'm guessing this is where that's coming from, uh, we, we talk often about, hey, if you want to start stripping out some nutrients in the soil like magnesium, get more sulfur out there. So we would probably tell you use straight sulfur, use ammonium sulfate, use elemental sulfur, use something else, but I probably would not throw more calcium if you're already excessive in calcium. All right, got Darren back in the studio now. Uh, Darren, do you want to catch one of those questions, or you want me to hit another one here? Well, I'm trying to fully understand one here. So. Okay, well, while you're working on that, I'll get to this one. This one comes from Jordan. He says, hi, I'm from central Minnesota, and there are farmers talking about putting sugar in their liquid fertilizer and gaining bushels. What are your guys' thoughts about this? Well, Jordan, uh, we've heard that for probably 25 years now. We've tried a number of things in our farm, run some experiments. We had one time, one year, and uh, I'm trying to think, Darren, maybe you remember the name of that sugar source that we used the one time we had some success. Oh, I, yes. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, yep, the point... Something, it's something a little different. The yep. point is we've never been able to, to, to find that to be true, that it actually works. Now, I, I will say there are situations where it could work potentially a little bit better. Here, here's the point. We need sugar out there to feed soil microbes. So we've gone, we've done a lot of no-till, a lot of strip-till. We've had good fertility levels. We're building soil organic matter. We have good drainage. We do a lot of things that help 
the soil microbes already, plus we use a lot of biological products. So maybe that's the reason why, at least on our ground, we haven't had success with the sugar. But keep in mind, the sugar is there to feed microbes. So if you've already got an explosion of microbes in your soil, the odds are slim that the sugar is going to help you a lot. But if you're just trying to get that started, maybe it could help. But like I say, there are a number of other things you could do that also could help. All right. Uh, we get so many questions in, and sometimes we take the question just a little bit different than it was perhaps intended. Uh, so we had one come in from Gabriel that, that we just got to this week, and uh, Gabriel says, Hello, thanks for the email. Uh, we, we email, and if you send a question in, we'll send you back the response as well, just in case you weren't tuning in right at that moment. He said, I appreciate the guys answering the question the way they did. However, I maybe should have worded it a little bit differently, but I was wondering – when I was talking about the germination on soybeans and planting earlier and these kinds of things, he said, I was wondering about the germination of the soybeans that would be produced and then harvested in the fall. If I'd hurt my germination for next year from the seed production with stress that they, they got in the spring. No. So thinking about planting date and the impact on soybean germination, look, we've done a lot of work with soybean seed growers and we have been a soybean seed grower for our entire life for a seed company. So uh, we've never seen that planting early, planting late, any of that stuff makes any difference at all in terms of soybean germination in the fall or, you know, with those beans that are produced in the fall. The biggest things are having good fertility, good disease control, good insect control, do all that, and usually you're in good shape. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. Are you worried about nitrogen loss this spring? Well, we asked retailers what they thought about Instinct NextGen Nitrogen Stabilizer from Corteva AgriScience. What they said was so inspiring, we got an actor to reenact it. <clears throat> it's a great return on investment. A great return. Investment, investment, great return. All right, I think I'm ready to record. It's that simple. Instinct NextGen is a great return on investment because it protects your nitrogen. Learn more at protectnitrogen.com. High-yield growers know that bringing in big bushels means establishing excellent emergence. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. The Germinator spike design excels in variable soils and eliminates sidewall compaction. But what makes the Germinator unique is its inner rim shoulder firmer, which encases the seed with soil, maximizing seed-to-soil contact. It's not just any closing wheel. Reach your yield potential at farmshopmfg.com. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whenever you want. 
Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. Learn more at caseih.com slash farm your way. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Martin Studio today on a Farmer Friday, taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. YM sent one in, said, I really appreciated your talk about crop rotation and the benefits. I'm also wondering, what is your opinion on bee pollination for soybeans? I've read some studies that say bee pollination leads to an increase in yield. Just wondering if that would be something that that could be used here in the United States. And generally, how come the many positive environmental externalities of honey production, how come they aren't being exploited a little bit more? So So we're using honeybees and other crops. Why not soybeans? Well, soybeans are self-pollinating, and I and there are eighty or ninety million acres of them, which yeah. is probably the bigger challenge. Just what broad scale we're on compared to, say, say almond production, where where you're much more contained, uh, yeah. smaller number of acres, that kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't think that that bees would help out much. I'll have to I'll have to look at studies. Well, I, there's I haven't there's seen some that. work done. I know the United Soybean Board did some work, and they had seen some benefits. I agree, Brad, because my my first reaction as well. Uh, they're a self-pollinated crop, but there have been some studies showing yield increases from 6 to 18%, but it, it's it's really tough. To, to what extent bees could really improve U.S. soybean yields, it, it's not really clear. Well, and, like we always say, it's worth a try, give it a shot, and maybe you'll, you'll go, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's just if you're going to do that, you got to be really careful about what you're going to spray out there. There are insecticides that are commonly used in soybeans that would kill honeybees. Now, the good news is there are a couple of products now, Safina and Transform, that are relatively easy on honeybees, yet they are very good at killing soybean aphids. So we do have at least some, some options there. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Get Rick with us right now from New York. Wants to talk a little about base saturation. Rick, thanks for calling in. Yeah, um, my base saturations run around eighty percent, um, but yet my uh, pounds of calcium is only uh, fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred. Okay. So how how do I address that? Okay, so you say eighty percent. You're are you 80% talking eighty percent calcium? calcium? Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'll say this, Rick. What we usually like to do is look at the whole soil test and just start seeing, all right, what's short? 
and it's way easier to focus on what's short rather than on something being long. Now with calcium, yeah, 80%, that's that's about our cap. We really don't like seeing it higher. And 1,500 to 2,500 parts per million is certainly not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. So I wouldn't be concerned about that. That just tells me that maybe your soil is just maybe a little bit lighter than some of the soils we might deal with here on our farm. So what's your cation exchange capacity? Do you know that? Well, being glacial soils, uh, it can be all over the board. But I would say average would be 11. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing. So the lower the cation exchange capacity, the less you're going to have literally of everything. So the less calcium, the less magnesium, the less overall holding capacity your soil has. So that's why that's part of why we talk about ratios all the time, in addition to parts per million with stuff. So... Is there a reason why you're you're bringing this up? Is there a specific concern you have? I mean, was somebody talking to you about hey, you need higher calcium levels, or or where did where did the where the question come from? Yeah, a lot of the literature says you should be up uh, three thousand pounds per acre, um, uh, or three thousand parts per million, and sure. I think I've heard you talk about being uh, much higher than that. But I can't go higher than nope. that or else my uh, base saturation goes too high. Right. So, nope, there's really nothing that you can do about that, Rick. Um, it, 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 because of your soil, it will only hold so much stuff. So if you're in the 1,500 to 2,500 parts per million range, but that puts you up to 80% calcium, that's really as far as you can go. And then you got to start focusing on everything else. And when you have the lighter soils, that's where, and, and 11 is not like super light. It's not like it's pure sand or anything. But my, where I'm going with this is when you have an 11 CEC compared to what we commonly deal with in the 18 to 25, range it's just you got to think more about like nitrogen and sulfur and boron these leachable nutrients that you know what maybe you got to spoon feed them a little more and even potassium maybe an in-season shot of potassium might be beneficial because your soil just simply can't hold everything it's probably going to need for the entire season for a great crop so no i don't i wouldn't get that worried that that you're at a lower level parts per million of calcium Uh, that is not that big a concern to me at all one more question. Sure. So then, uh, my sulfurs are all low, uh, all below twenty parts per million. Even though I'm putting on forty to sixty pounds of sulfur per year, either elemental or uh, gypsum. Yep. Does never seem to come up. Yep. It's not going to, because your soil is light. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm being really blunt. Uh, there's not. There's. There's nothing much you can do when your soil is light. Now we've got a little bit of sandy ground too, and I feel exactly the way you do, Rick. It's like, what do I have to do here? But that's that's what I was just saying. Like with nitrogen and sulfur and boron, those three are pretty leachable. So sulfate leaches at about half the rate of nitrate. So when you think about that, I think we all know like nitrogen, well, you're never going to build that. It's going to, you got to apply it every single year. If you got a crop that needs nitrogen, it's kind of the same way with sulfur in, in your soils. So with my soils, I can build sulfur a little bit because I've got at least most of them because I got pretty heavy ground. But when you're down in that range of 11 CEC, you're just not going to hold sulfur much from year to year. So there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one, like 
I said, you can split apply your sulfur. You can put some out early. You can put some out mid-season. All we really care about, let me step back for one second. Okay, all we care about at the end of the day is yield and profit. We don't really care about what our soil test says anyway. I mean, yeah, we believe that we have to have certain soil levels. But, you know, we got to feed that plant. And in those lighter soils, you just have to feed the nitrogen, the sulfur, the uh, the boron. But anyway, the other thing I was going to say about sulfur is you can get a little bit of sulfur for free every year through your soil's organic matter. And so over time, if you possibly can build your soil's organic matter up, then that will help at least a little bit with late season release of sulfur. So anyway, no, I, I won't get too worried about it. You just have to keep applying it. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the call, yeah. Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. All right. Wesley from Illinois had a question for us. He said, after watching an Ag PhD episode this winter, I may give a trial run on using a full rate of a group 15 on the pre for corn. I'm just looking for suggestions or cautions on the post treatment. Besides keeping water hemp and cockleburr out, I'm typically concerned with ensuring fall panicum doesn't break through later in the season. Well, Wesley... Using a full rate of a group 15 is exactly the solution for your fall panicum thing. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to totally solve it, but fall panicum is a grass that does come up a little bit later. So having a higher rate of a group 15 means you're going to have longer residual in season. The other thing we talk about with late emerging weeds, whether it's a grass or a broadleaf, is just trying to do everything we can to have good crop canopy. So that means good drainage, good fertility, uh, just having a, a relatively high population, just anything possible to shade that ground out, and then our weeds usually don't come later. So in terms of uh, cautions on the post-treatment, there are really two main products that we talk about for post. It's either an HPPD, something like Callisto, Laudus, Impact, Armazon, or Status. Uh, that's got a little bit of dicamba, and then diafufenzapir is the main weed killer, so it's two modes of action. So the HPPD is way cheaper, like three bucks an acre, and you could throw a little atrazine or you know, whatever else you want with it uh, if necessary. The Status is like 16 bucks. You can also throw a little atrazine in there, but it's not really necessary in most cases. So the only cautions I really have are, okay, with status, it costs more, and you have to worry just a little more about drift and volatility. So we want to get that sprayed by V4, maybe V5 at the latest. Whereas the HPPD, you could go a little bit later, maybe V5, V6. Uh, I just We want to make sure that we're always killing the weeds when they're as small as possible. So we get a good kill, we get good coverage, and with the HPPD, there's more residual than there would be with the status. All right, thanks for the questions. We really appreciate that. Yeah, it's fun talking about all these different challenges that we know are going to come up, like late season weed control, and now's the best time to plan. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.